Welcome to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast, where we are empowering youth female athletes to play and live confidently. My name is Shay Hatto, and each week I will bring you new episodes to teach you the strategies and tools that you need in order to live a confident, empowered life both on and off the playing field. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Danielle Gray. Danielle is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, fitness model, speaker, and the founder of Train Like a Gymnast. She's also a certified personal trainer with specialties in bodyweight training, nutrition, women fitness, youth exercise, kettlebells, and pre- and postnatal exercise. She was also a former junior Olympic gymnast, judge, and coach. Danielle is passionate about helping people to become forever athletes. She's passionate about mental health, which is what we get into in today's conversation. So in this episode, we dive deep into what a forever athlete is, the importance of movement even when you're done playing your sport, and we also go really, really deep into mental health where Danielle shares her story of her depression as a teenager and also quite recently. So this is going to be a powerful episode for parents and for players, so make sure you tune in, take notes, and enjoy the episode. Hey Danielle, what's up and welcome to the podcast, excited to have you on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for what we talked about. Yes, I know. I am too. So before we get into it, I want to kind of know and share with the audience a little bit about you. I know you have a very athletic background as well. It's obviously what you do now. So get into your background and what it is that you do now. Right. So I have been a gymnast my whole life. I started when I was four. I only competed until I was about 15, but I realized that I missed it so much after I stopped, like I was in the wrong environment. I didn't have the right coaches. My teammates were not the nicest. Um, (laughs) but once I left, I was, I was just left with, Oh, I miss gymnastics so much. Like I have passion for the sport, but I just wasn't in the right place. So I dabbled in like acting and musical theater and dance and everything until college. When I went to USC, I just stayed like in physical um education classes because I knew if I didn't have it in my schedule I wouldn't do it right so (laughs) because when you leave a sport you're like oh nobody's telling me to do anything right so uh, yeah so the accountability was tough so I just I planned it in and then my friend actually took me to a pole class she ended up not liking it and then I loved it so that was a nice little transition and being able to still use gymnastics with what I'm doing now, you know, and not going back and training with 11 year olds. But because I had that process or that experience of, oh, if I do want to do like gymnastic stuff again, I'm, I'm working out with kids. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I wish that more gyms had adult classes and there are some that do, but part of what train like a gymnast, um, my company is really, I guess, focused on is showing people that you can be a forever athlete. Like just because you're 18 or 21 doesn't mean you have to stop the sport that you grew up with. And you can continue to train in the ways that you're familiar with because you loved that and you know how to do it and you just adapt. And maybe you're not doing the same level of stuff that you were doing, but you're still doing the basic conditioning and stretching and drills uh, just to keep your fitness up and stay moving and mobile for the rest of your life. Yeah. I love that you mentioned like that this thing really popped out at me because it's something that a lot of the girls listening struggle with. And that's like your, your environment and your sport and your teammates and everything. Like I would say most of like, when we have our coaching calls, a lot of what they struggle with is like, you know, dealing with teammates or friends and and that kind of like not really positive environments. So for you, what, what was that environment like for you? And I don't know what advice you have for girls that are currently in team environments that aren't so great. Yeah. I actually haven't talked about this on any podcast. Before. Awesome. Good. Um, you get the exclusive. Um, <laughs> I, I was the one who didn't really try that much. And I kind of, uh, like coasted on my talent until it got really hard. And I wish I had gotten into a place that was able to coach me the way I needed to be coached to try hard because I'm a crazy hard worker like now. And that's how my business has kind of grown. But, um, my environment there was, uh, and I guess gymnastics, it's kind of coming out now the the abuse and all of that, um, yeah. but 
I thankfully was not like sexually abused or physically abused. There's a lot of emotional and mental abuse from coaches. Like if you keep crying, I'm going to take you out of this meet. Oh, you'll never, you'll never get this skill or you'll never compete in college if you act like that. And then like at team sleepovers or, or stuff with my teammates, like there was one time, I guess I fell asleep first, which don't do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I, they drew like all over my face and then took pictures of me on my digital camera back in the day. And then when my mom came to pick me up in the morning, obviously just like ripped everyone a new one. But, um, it, it's just like, that's not what you do. And, And one of my best friends, like, cause I did have one really close friend on the team. She didn't do anything to stop them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. those kinds of things. A lot of times for, for preteen or teenage girls, it's like, it happens, but it shouldn't happen. Right. And I see so much now with actually a girl that I used to coach and watching her grow up and you go to a different gym, they're all cheering for each other. It's almost like a college team Yeah. in like teenage years. It's crazy to see. So I love how it's starting to change, but those things obviously are still there. And the the advice I would give to girls who are in that environment is just realize that it's just a snapshot in time. It's literally a moment in time because now looking back, those girls or those teammates are the only people who understand that experience that I went through. Yeah. So I'll, I'll still talk to those girls that that stuff to me occasionally and you know who weren't the nicest because it's like oh my gosh you're my old teammate once you get out in the big world but when you are that is that is your world and you are not kind of uh exposed to different countries different cultures travel uh different teammates you really think that's it so I just want everybody listening who is kind of in that or doesn't like their teammates or their coaches to realize you have to have the right coach so you can you go, you can go around, you can experiment with that. And then your teammates will shift over time. And these people, these girls will ultimately end up being, uh, like an anchor for you in the future. Mm. It's, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So is that, is that a big reason why you left the sport or like, you know, you said you, you quit at what 15, is that a big reason why you did that? Yeah. So I was starting to experience burnout around that time. I was trying yeah, to me too. Um, it's, it's like, do I want to have a social life? Do I want to have friends? (laughs) Um, those kinds of questions, but it was also just getting to the point where it was gymnastics practice was starting to feel like a job or a chore. It was not, it was not fun, but that was what was so hard for me to comprehend and process because I love gymnastics. And I was like, why am I dreading going? It was because I didn't like, you know, the, coaches and the environment. I didn't feel like I was progressing. I wasn't really excited to, to try to work towards stuff because a lot of times they were, they kind of made us, um, be safe rather than train above our level so that we could be good and like be better. Right. Right. It was like, you are here, you train these things and yeah, we didn't have a pit, so we couldn't really go for stuff. Yeah. We had like the balls to do it. <laughs> so, right. Right. Um, it, it was very, uh, it was a very interesting time. And I guess what ultimately made me decide to leave was because of that burnout. My coach at the time was like, okay, why don't you take two weeks off? Kind of just experience that like free time and regroup and everything, and then come back and see how you feel. So at the end of the two weeks, I realized, okay, I want to come back. Mm -hmm. I remember I was, I was standing in my room by my door on the phone with my coach and I said, I want to come back. And she said, I don't think you should. Really? And then wow. That was it. <laughs> why, oh, do you know why? I think she just, maybe I was, I had said something and yeah. she at the time was like, oh, um, it doesn't sound like, you know, her heart's really in it. So right. Like I'm giving her the idea that I, but I was just like, what, what, what? I just said, I want to come back. So like respect that I want to come back. And um so yeah she said I don't think you should and so I had like my last night at gym and you know it was they kind of treated it as an open gym and everybody signed my shirt I still have that shirt with everybody's <laughs> you know, signatures and again this coach who told me I don't think you should like I talk to her every now and then we're Facebook friends and I'm like happy birthday and stuff it's because I understand now as I'm older she was going through her own stuff too that was causing her to be the coach that she was 
And I absolutely understand that we all, everybody, our parents, our coaches, ourselves, we're doing the best that we can with the knowledge, experience, and tools that we have at that moment in time. So if I were me now as a 15-year-old, oh my gosh, I would be in such a different place, but I'm not. And I wasn't. So I I can't judge myself for that. And all you can do is realize, okay, even though I don't like my coach, maybe they don't know how to coach differently, but that's not your responsibility to teach them or tell them. They need to take it upon themselves to be like, why are my girls not performing at the level that I want them to? How can I become a better coach? And this translates into if you, you know, go into a career someday, if you ever end up managing people and people aren't doing, doing well, um, and, and you're like, why, why is my team not performing? Why are we not making more money or whatever? You have to realize, what am I not telling them? How am I not ex- like explaining it properly? How can I be better? So it's really hard when you're younger to understand that, but I hope it's c- kind of clicking with some people as you're hearing this. And just understand that all you can do is, all right, maybe how can I respond differently to my coach? How can I react differently? How can I understand what they're meaning when they say this, right? If someone says, you're not going to get there if you act that way, what they're saying is, I know you can be better. I believe in you. and I know you can do better if you change your attitude, but that's not how it came across, and so you just have to, you, you just have to get real strategic and really curious about yourself and others. I love how you ended with that, like getting really curious about yourself. And, and also like you said a lot of good things there, but I guess the one takeaway I would want the listeners to get is how you said, you know, everyone's doing the best they can with what they know now, right? Like, obviously it's easy to sit there and and regret decisions and regret what we did or what we didn't do. But at the time, it's like, you did the best with what you knew. Your coach did the best that she knew. And so I think that's really important, like looking back and realizing that like, you're doing the best you can now. And eventually you're going to look back on it and say, I wish I did it differently, but you couldn't have done it differently because you didn't, and you didn't know any better. Right. So I I really love that. And then kind of, I want to get into what you, what you talk about, you know, the forever athlete. And I know that's a big part of, you know, what, what your work is now. So first of all, what is, what is a forever athlete? Like, what does that mean to you? To me, forever athlete truly means that you are constantly moving. You are constantly whatever that identity is, you are always a gymnast. You are always a soccer player. You are always, always a basketball player. You're always a swimmer, right? Just because you're not in an organized sport after a certain age, or you leave a team or you retire, doesn't mean that you're not, no longer that anymore. And a forever athlete in my mind is when gyms were more open before COVID. Um, I had a classmate at my gymnastics gym and she was 77. Wow. That's and awesome. She was over there working on her splits and doing handstands against the saw bars and like working on her hangs. Like that's what I picture. And she's not competing, but there were some 50 year olds in my class who were doing competitions. Like you don't have to compete, but you just always are enjoying that movement or what you did as, you know, a competitive athlete. So whatever your, whatever sport you're in right now, don't think, oh, okay, when I want to get a college scholarship and then once college is over, like I'm done, I'm not going to do it anymore. Sure. Burnout happens, but there will be a period when you recover. And then that is still part of your identity and you miss it and you want to do it. So I, what I like to, especially when I work with uh, people who are kind of young adults and they're not like 10 years out of a sport is get them thinking about what next. Yeah. How can you stay in shape? Because when I retired from gymnastics, I gained like 15 pounds. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess this is just what happens when you leave a sport and I mm-hmm. accept it, but it doesn't have to be like that. And I know so many people who were in my program, um, that competed in college and like, I looked up to them and now they have like 50 to hundred pounds on top of that. And they cannot do what they mm-hmm. used to do. Yeah. You know that they could if they just maintained, right? Right. 
all about maintenance. And I really want everybody listening or anybody who tries to train like a gymnast or train like a swimmer, whatever it is yeah, to just maintain. And it's, it's, maybe you're not working towards a competition. Maybe you're not working towards a certain skill or something, but you are just doing the strength and the conditioning, um, the, you know, like for volleyball players, just doing, you know, throws against a wall, just still doing that stuff, the stuff that you did in warm up and cool down. That's still movement. That's still going to bring you joy, um, forever. Ideally, I want you guys to be doing that for the rest of forever. Well, yeah. And I, that's, that's so interesting because it is, I feel like when you're in a sport, you're like, oh, I'm just going to move for my sport. I'm just training for my sport. But then when we're done, you know, playing our sport, you know, an organized way, it's like, we forget how important movement is just to like live like a life that, that, that yeah. you love and like do the things that you want to do. So yeah. I love how it's like, you are a forever athlete. Like if you move, you're an athlete. And I actually just had a conversation with, with a girl who got hurt and her mom was like, she doesn't see herself as an athlete anymore. So like yeah. for injury too, I think that's really important. Like, even if you can't physically do your sport or do it in an organized way, like you're always an athlete as long as you're moving. So I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. And like in gymnastics, and I don't know if it's like this in other sports, but uh, I have, a, I have a teammate who broke her ankle she still came to practice and just did bars. She did bars. She did right. body strength. She did core. And that was her three and a half hours. <laughs> like yeah. she just, she just focused on what she could do. And she was the only one from our entire gym who ended up going to college for gymnastics. Like right. you have to have that wow. kind of strategic thinking. Um, and will like willingness, willfulness to, to be able <laughs> to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and and even when you are injured, yeah, you're just an injured athlete and then you yeah, right. get uninjured or, you know, you focus on what you can do and, and depending on what your injury is, sure. Certain things may take you out of that, but I know there is still stuff that you can do or you switch sports. Right. right? So mm -hmm. if you're, if you're, I don't know, if you are, um, I'm trying to think of an example, if you do something to your back right? And you can't do like gymnastics and, and tumbling and impact stuff. Maybe you go to swimming and you learn how, how to do that, but you're still an athlete. You're just doing a different type of movement. Yeah. So let's say that there's, you know, we have, you know, college players listening to this who are going to possibly be done with their sport in a few years, high school players that are not playing past high school, even, even parents, right? Like a lot of parents that have kids, like they used to be, no, I shouldn't say used to be right. But they used to play a sport when they right. were young as well. And so how can those people become a forever athlete? Right. So that's, that's great because also the train like a gym is we have a kid's portion, but then oh, we cool. also have the same portion. So if like, there is a parent who's watching their kid in gymnastics and they're just like, oh, I used to be able to do that. Or I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Mom, do a cartwheel with me. You know, like those, those things are absolutely possible. Everybody starts somewhere, right? So just because you see someone doing something that you're not able to do yet, this is what I say to so many people, right? You see Simone Biles, granted, like she's not human, but she also is human. <laughs> see Simone Biles doing whatever it is on floor, like a Biles, okay? She is human. You are human, which means if you trained or that skill, or to be able to do that, you have the potential and the capability to be able to do that, right. to learn the techniques, to learn the, the, just like this pull will, will give an extra half twist. Like you realize that if you are a human and you, yeah, if you're a human, you can do all of these different right. things you train that way. You just have to start somewhere and you realize, okay, all right, maybe I start with learning forward rolls with straight legs. Like maybe that's a new challenge. Maybe I try to point my toes in a cartwheel. All right. Maybe, um, you know, you, you are learning what your three-year-old is learning, but that's not embarrassing. Like if, when I do workshops with people, like one day workshops or retreats and I'm physically like in person with people and spotting them, I can teach people a backflip in a day. Wow. Um, I need to come. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I taught a, uh, a non-gymnast, former football player, six foot four guy what backflip on grass only with no other equipment in Hawaii 
in one day. And by the end of the day, he had it by himself. Wow. That's awesome. It's so possible. And women can do it too. I just, I teach you guys the technique of how to do it, how you jump, how you tuck, how, where you need to look and what it feels like. And I spot you. So you are able to do those things. And I, I love when I'm able to show people that. And then I think, whoa, if I can learn that in a day, what else is possible? And there comes the curiosity where you get to be better and you're working towards something and you have goals again. Well, I love that because, and you said this earlier, but it's like, it's not just about being, you know, physically healthy and that kind of stuff. Like that's a huge part of it, obviously, but you said the word joy earlier. And it's like, it's about having joy and like loving what you're doing and having the hobbies and like all of those things, because if we're speaking for parents, to be honest, right? Like a lot of the time parents' lives are their kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how cool would it be to be able to do those things with your kid, whether your kid's a gymnast or a soccer player and be able to like train with your kid, like just that could like really not only help you personally, but like help the relationship too. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. It's, it's bonding. It's quality time. It's good for you. It's, it, it creates shared experience. And a lot of times that's, that's a big disconnect with relationships in general, whether it's a, you know, romantic relationship, whether it's a parent child relationship, it's the shared experiences. So if you both experience the joy of getting something new for the first time, oh my gosh, that excitement, because you both know how it feels. Um, So that is, that is huge. And I highly recommend it. So don't feel like, oh, honey, like I don't have the energy or I'm too tired or I can't do that anymore. Don't accept that. Have your kids like kind of try to teach you stuff. Obviously don't let them spot you, but (laughs) maybe like, Hey, all right, tomorrow you're going to teach me a forward roll. Okay. Yeah. And that will make them super, super excited. And then they can kind of get experience leading as well. Leadership. There's you bonding. Um, and it's just, it's just so great. Like I don't, don't turn that down. Yeah. And Yeah. And I love too, like you were talking about, you know, everyone starts somewhere. And I think so often, especially as adults, we're like, if I can't do it perfectly, if I can't do it all, if I can't do the big thing, and then I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to humiliate myself by, you know, learning a cartwheel. Like I can't do a cartwheel, you know, like how many people can't (laughs) do a cartwheel. But I think as humans and as adults, we think that we have to like be at the top before we even start to crawl. And so I think that's really important when it comes to like being a forever athlete is being willing to like look stupid and start small to like build that up. Right. And if a child was learning to walk and they kept falling down, would you laugh at that child and be like, you're never going to be able to walk. (laughs) Exactly. Right. It's, it sounds stupid because it is, it's just because you're, I think a lot of us are afraid to be beginners. Oh, absolutely. We don't like the word beginner. We don't like um, being, you know, newbies and rookies and all of that because it just has a stigma attached to it. And it shouldn't because that prevents people from starting stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Not even just sports, but like anything. Anything. (laughs) Yeah. Anything. And like when you get a new job and you have a learning curve and then you're embarrassed to ask your supervisor a question because you're like, I should know this. It's like, no, you're just starting. So of course, and that's why you need to find coaches who have the patience and that same understanding of like, you are starting out. I literally just posted before this interview, um, I do try it Tuesdays, like little challenges and combos and stuff on Instagram. And my friend, she's Canadian, uh, Taylor, and she, she just hit 700,000 followers and she has amazing like calisthenics and mobility stuff. Uh And she posted a combo and I was like, okay, I got this. I'll do this someday. And then I did it last week and I was like, what in the world? Why is this so hard? <laughs> it shouldn't be this hard. It took me, I was just like trying to film like a quick little video, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. Is, this is tough. And I'm like, I should be able to do this. So I kept all of those attempts yeah. in that, in that uh, video instead of just showing the one that I got, because right. I'm trying to show the process. The process is frustrating, but it's fun it gives you something to kind of work towards. You kind of end up in flow where time doesn't exist and your talent is kind of at the same level of uh, like the challenge, right? So you're focused, but you're not really experiencing too much emotion. Mm, yep. I hear you. Get in flow, right? You're not like so frustrated that you're just like, oh my gosh, I give up, but it's not so easy that you're bored. Yeah. Point where you're so focused on getting something and you know, you can do it, that it, that it keeps you there. And then once you actually get it, you can experience that. And we need to celebrate the wins. 
And something that I do here at iFit with teaching live treadmill classes, because I have a lot of beginner intermediate classes, people who are just jogging for the first time since they were a kid, like that kind of level, right? It's those little wins. I give people a finisher where it's like, okay, today you're going to go 0.1 miles per hour faster than you did yesterday. It's the incremental baby steps. And we need to celebrate that. People are like, oh my gosh, over time, like a month ago, I couldn't run five miles an hour. And now I'm doing 6.5. I can't even believe this. Yeah. Because you look at the change over time, you look at the improvement over time. And just like, if you go to practice and you're having a bad day, you feel heavy or sluggish. You're like, what is happening? I'm so bad now. Or you come back after a one week vacation, which sometimes is like, what is gymnastics? Um, <laughs> you're like, have I ever done this before? Those days happen. You need to accept them. Don't push them away because it's, all it's going to do is frustrate you more. So just be like, mm, all right, it's one of those days. So yes. we're going to survive. We're going to get through it. And then tomorrow's a new day. We'll get back to it. Yeah. And also like not judging yourself. Cause like, look, look at the, the kid example, right? When a baby's learning how to walk, when they fall, they don't sit there and think, oh, I suck. I'm never going to try this. And they don't, they, there's no judgment. They just, they get back up and they keep trying and they keep trying. Like we need to adopt more of a baby mindset in that sense that like, when you fall, don't judge yourself. Keep going. Don't give up. Like how much can we learn from that? Like so much. So I love that. It's just like, keep going no judgment, like be a beginner again, because when you actually can accept the, the not so good parts of it, like it can actually be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of with that baby mindset or that example, (laughs) a lot of our behavior is learned, right? So if, if this part is kind of sticking out to you, I want you to think, well, where did I learn that behavior? Like, did my, did my parents uh, get mad at me when I didn't do, you know, perfect on a test? Did, um, you know, did my coach make fun of me? Did I get humiliated by my teammates, by my classmates, whatever? So that's where the curiosity comes back in. Where did you learn that behavior? Have you always been that way? Can you go back to a point in time, maybe when you were like five years old, where you were just authentically you? And sometimes this this process, when I do, you know, like personal development coaching, can get people very emotional. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to look at yourself. I just gave, I think she's like 78, 79, um, one of my old clients, this little challenge to look in the mirror and like look into your own eyes for five minutes and just stare at yourself for five minutes and kind of have a full meditation, but look at yourself and truly see yourself because we avoid it a lot of times. You might end up crying. You might end up laughing, but just become aware of what emotions come up. Um, And you might learn a lot about yourself. And then when you think back to when you were a child, right? Yeah. Where, when did that joy disappear for a lot, a lot of us, it it does kind of like, fizzle out and it's it's sad but you you can't avoid those feelings you need you need to go through it and you need to feel it it's the only way to create change or to get it back you you have to feel that loss and mourn that loss to then kind of have again Mm -hmm. um when we stuff away it keeps it keeps resurfacing in new ways and as trauma as frustration as Um, oh my gosh, I thought I dealt with this already. Why is this coming back? Um, So, so I really, I really challenge every single one of you, even if you're only in high school or college, think back to, you know, when you just played outside and you didn't need a jacket. I think about that. I'm like, why did you (laughs) need a jacket? I'm like always cold now, but because you were moving, you were playing, you were doing stuff, you were in the moment, (laughs) like those kinds of things. Or I just always left my jacket on the playground and whatever. Yeah. But, but get curious, start to think about that. How can you bring those little bits of yourself back in? I love that. Like, how can you bring your, your little kid out again? We all need to bring more of our kid out, right? Like, I think, yes, you have something go. I would say another thing, this, this, I should actually put this in my app. I haven't. Oh yeah. Okay. This one's a good one. Yes. Inner child meditation. Oh, cool. Um, And we can kind of do like a little mini one right here, but picture yourself walking through a park. And there's like a hill at the top of the park and with one tree and a bench and you start to walk towards it. And you notice that there's uh, like, there's someone sitting there and you go up um, to ask if you could sit next to them. And you, and you realize it's a kid by themselves. You look around and you're like, where's, where's the parent. Right. Um, but 
you just want to kind of overlook the city or whatever and um you sit down and then you look to the side and you you re- realize that it's your inner child it's you as a kid yeah right but now there's no talking you're just communicating by feeling by emotion by thought and what is this child feeling what does this child need to hear and what do you tell this child or like what do you help them feel right so if you are picturing yourself as a four-year-old you're picturing yourself as a nine-year-old whatever age it is everyone's different but what is the one thing that you need to tell them at that point that and you realize that that came from you that's inside and that inner child is always there yeah you can talk to them whenever you need to and you can realize when you're reacting certain ways where you have certain responses yeah. It might be your inner child having a tantrum. So you just yes. go it within and yep. you almost like to a child would, would tell them what you need to tell them just to help them, you know, calm down. Like it'll be okay. Oh, I, I love it. Like, I love this stuff so much and actually segues into what I want to talk about too, which was mental health. And, and yeah. you kind of mentioned this, but like saying that we need to feel our emotions and we need to not cover them up. And I think that's a a big, big, big part of, you know, mental health is we've been conditioned to, to not feel pain and to hide our emotions and to, and to bury things. And the more we bury things, the harder life gets and the more, you know, it it sits in there for, for a long amount of time. Right. Um, And so I want to hear a little bit about your kind of mental health story, if you will, kind of, I know that, I've listened to a little bit of your stuff when you were, you know, in middle school or high school, um, Mm -hmm. because I know that there's a lot of people in the world and especially teenagers listening um, that are going through, whether it's anxiety or depression. And I know that just by hearing your story, they Mm -hmm. can help a lot of a lot of those girls. So I would love to kind of hear what your kind of mental health journey has been. Absolutely. So for athletes in particular for dancers, for cheerleaders, for gymnasts, for anyone who has like a lot of perfectionism in their sport too. It, it, it is so much worse um, compared to, you know, certain team sports versus an individual. Like a judgment sport. Yes, exactly. Where it's everything's subjective. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that, that makes the mental health component a lot tougher, but I need you all to realize that it is okay to feel these emotions you are human. And I think athletes in general or coaches need to kind of have this dialogue where the athlete isn't afraid to talk to the coach about things that are going on. And the coach needs to have the capacity to understand that all of their athletes are humans and they're not going to be perfect every single day. Right. So um, first off, accepting, becoming aware and accepting that you have those emotions is fine. Right. In middle school, when I was really going through, like all my teammates were picking on me, I did something to disappoint my mom and I felt just super alone. That's when I first became suicidal mm. and, um, I started self-harming. And I remember I called my cousin, I guess, cause he had experienced anxiety and depression himself. And he was able to kind of talk me out of it. Um, and he is now a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, nice. <laughs> but it kind of went in waves, you know, like I would have a really down time and then I'd be good. And this continued even up until a few months ago. I was, I was probably at the worst point in my life in September of this year. Mm -hmm. I had plans, like not just like I was suicidal ideation, like I was ready to go. Um, and I had already started thinking about like, okay, all right, who's going to get my cat? How do I sell all of my things? How do I make this as easy as possible? Right. And that's, I had just finished coaching a retreat and I'm like, that's part of on top of it is like, you are helping people through this stuff and you're feeling this yourself. You're an imposter, but all, you know, I'm up, but that's what actually helps me relate to them. It's because I understand I'm, I'm ahead because I've done the work I've, I have, even more tools to kind of teach other people. But I think that gives me a different perspective and also an advantage to someone who's trying to teach people who's never experienced it. I think yes, it, I it's agree. It's really hard to, I don't know, it's like a coach who's never done. Well, it's like right now you're, you're, it's like, and I'm the same way when I teach my girls about anxiety, I still have anxiety. It's like, we're, we're working through it with our people. We're not like, 
up here, you like pretending to be on a pedestal and you right. know, telling them how to do it. Like we're doing it together kind of thing. And people like that more so yeah. now because I mean, obviously it's not like going to a trainer and be like, Hey, I need to lose 20 pounds. And the trainer's like, yeah, me too. Um, right. <laughs> but it's like, they're ahead of you and you're, you know, that's all you need to be. It's like, you can teach guitar, even if you're like one class ahead of someone yes. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Um, but when I was getting out of this in September in particular, um, I was listening to a bunch of meditations on insight timer. I was kind of trying to draw, I'm a terrible artist, but I was trying to draw what it felt like. Um, and I ultimately ended with this tattoo, which I never thought I'd ever get a tattoo ever because nice. I changed my mind, but <laughs> I need to have permanence for this one. It's an avocado. Mm-hmm. Um, and the av- avocado signifies holding my darkness in my light. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's okay that I have those dark negative thoughts and feelings, but what depression was kind of clouding, right? Depression is a liar. So it, it, yeah. it's like big dark monster that was like consuming me while all of the light and all my friends were over there like come on come on and it was just like pulling me back into this darkness the simple avocado meaning of you know holding the darkness in the light is flipping that so having so much light having so much love and giving that dark monster a hug I love that oh my gosh I have chills right now yeah yeah I was like okay that's that's worth permanence because I did on this side which is where I self-harm too. So it's not like just, Oh, remember this, because when you are in that depression or that, that pit where you feel like there is no way out, no one else understands you. You can't call anyone because they're going to try and fix it. You can't call anyone because they're not going to understand. You also want to be alone. You don't want to talk to anyone, but you want someone there. It's a weird. Right. And because this became so permanent on me, it's, it's going to remind me like you've been here before. Yep. And you got out of it. And honestly, the month after I got out of it, I had a, I think it was a 15 or an $18,000 month. I was working. I've I've never had that before. Awesome. So this is really um, signifying like once you told, once I told my story, Yeah. so many people were like, oh my gosh, I relate. I want to learn more. Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, This is helping so many people. And, and it's like, the more you talk about it, the smaller it gets. So Absolutely. It it's less scary. Yeah. Yeah. You turn it into an avocado pit that you can hold in your hand and you're surrounding it with, with that love. So, uh, uh, oh my gosh, there's so many things like that. I, I want to, first of all, thank you for, for sharing that and being vulnerable. I know that, that the first time you told that story was probably really difficult. I was scared. Um, yeah. My mom but, even told me, she was like, I was like, Danny, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's like, but it's so, it's so important because when I was a kid, I went through a lot of anxiety and like, I just totally suffered alone. I didn't tell anybody I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And there's still some shame that I I think that I'm still working through as it relates to that. Um, so that's so, so thank you for sharing that. I know that just you sharing it is going to help so many girls realize that they're not alone. And also like just the way that you, like I, I, what I got out of it too, is that we all have darkness inside of us. Yeah. Like we all have that darkness, but it's not about like, and you don't, you do. Yeah. We all have the darkness. It's not like we need to get rid of it or, or battle the darkness. It's like, we need to love that darkness and we need to give yeah. that darkness a hug. Yeah. And so that avocado, I've never, I've never heard of that before, but that's, yeah. that's seriously magic. I love that so much. Yeah. When I tried to draw it originally, it looked like I was trying to go for like a Wally character, kind of like a big fluffy thing. But it, but like I said, I'm a terrible artist. It just ended up looking like a lady holding her lady parts. And I was like, that's not what I was going for. I'm going for an avocado. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So it, it worked wow. out. Yeah. So let's say, cause you've obviously been through it as a, you know, let's say 15 year old, right. A fif- yeah. As a, for a 15 year old, that's either you know, dealing with anxiety or depression or, you know, thinking about suicide or has thought about suicide, what, what would you tell them? What advice would you give to them? I want to give them something to think about, but not that that is their reason to live or like you are doing this for someone else. But I want you to realize that there are people that you don't even know that you've made an impact on. Yeah. 
And you think because of, of, of the, the circle that you interact with a lot um, that, you know, those are the only people who care about you, but it's so not true because over the weekend, we just had a, um, like a little mini high school reunion. It was so weird to see people <laughs> after 10 years. I was like, I almost fell on the floor with some people. I was like, oh my God, you're <laughs> you. Um, but then the girl that I co-hosted it with made a memorial table of all the people that had passed away in the past 10 years, right? Yeah. Uh, there might've been like 15 on the board, I think. And four of those were suicide. Oh, wow. And hearing so wow. many stories of these people, like there were some people that I had like, I was like, oh my gosh, them, I forgot about them. Or I didn't even realize that they had passed, but then everybody had a story. Yeah. People. And I didn't, you know, necessarily hang out with all of these people, but I remember them passing them in the halls or I always thought like, oh my gosh, they had such pretty eyes or uh, they were always nice to me. You know, mm-hmm. those, those, those little things, um, people remember you and maybe you gave them a pencil in one class or you gave them a stick of gum and that like changed their day. But, but you're over here feeling like I don't matter. The world would be better off without me. It's not. Yeah. It's not. No, I can't. There's literally, I cannot imagine anybody on that board or anyone who took their life or even if it was an accident, right. That the world is a better place without them. Like we need them. We want them. I would have loved to seen those people at the reunion. So it's not live your life for someone else or, um, you know, your, your parents are, you know, you're the only reason that your parents are living. Like, don't, don't go down that route, but realize that you're here for a reason. You need, you need to make some kind of impact on the world. You have the potential, just like anybody else, any billionaire, any inventor, whatever, you have the ability to change millions of lives. You have the ability to share your gifts, to help yourself and help others, to have a community. Um, you, you need to get in that place of, yes, I have darkness, but I also have light and the light is so much powerful. And that's, what's going to, you know, help pull me out of this so that I can be here for others. Like what I need right now, Yeah, your story is your superpower. So like you don't, you don't shun that. You realize that every single experience you're having becomes part of your story. Like what I'm doing right now. Exactly. Right. And sure. Some of it's like negative, but I didn't like that at the time. But yeah. if I just had a life of like easy breezy coasting, that'd be really boring. And nobody yeah. like everyone's gonna be like, oh, I don't relate to that. So okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so oh, true. Yeah. And like not only does that darkness um, you know, and your struggles help other people, but it, it just makes you a stronger person as well. It gives you you know, the, the resilience and like realize that everything is temporary, the anxiety, the the depression, it's temporary. You just, you just got to shine a light on it because the darkness cannot stay darkness with light on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's really powerful. Thank you for, for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you. I love that too. Cause you think about that. If there's like a dark shadow on the bed you shine a flashlight on it. Oh, look, it gets gone. Yeah. It's gone. You can't, you can't put darkness on a light. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, there's, you can just darken it, but it's still a light. It's like, I'm still here. <laughs> exactly. Like the light will always, always trump the darkness. So I like find, find, find your light, like shine a light. And also realize that when you do shine a light on those things, on the emotions, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. Seeing those things and feeling those things mm-hmm. doesn't always feel good, but it needs to be felt in order for you to release it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you just keep pushing it down, it's going to come up in a different way that might be more painful. And it'll grow into a big, ugly monster when you're older and it'll be even harder to deal with. Right. And and you might not realize it now, but think about the older people in your life that you know, like maybe parents or grandparents who maybe aren't happy and you can see like, I don't want to be that. Or you see um, somebody who's had some kind of illness because of, you know, their life choices or, um, you know, like there are just so many things where you can learn from others as well, um, to give you a little bit more motivation. 
or it's somebody that you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be them when I'm, when I grow up, you know, (laughs) you learn from everyone around you and you take the best parts and you make the best you possible. But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be tough times. And again, like I put, I put the avocado on my wrist because I know there will be another time. I know there will be another dark time where I might go to that habit. Yeah. It's going to be there as a reminder. Um, and I'm not saying go out and get tattoos, but I'm saying (laughs) you, you, you need to, um, you need to work on building the tools so that the next time you can deal with it better and better and better. It's just like training and practice. It's just like training a, you know, a skill or whatever. You're just going to get better. The more you go through it. Yeah. Because if you've never gone through it, like I said, if, if we never have hard experiences, when hard experiences come, you don't know how to deal with it. Right. You know, it's scarier too. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Each new experience, like the next one, you know, like, Hey, I can handle this. It's a little less scary. So that's, that's powerful too. Awesome. Beautiful. So I want to kind of end with like, I want you to, I'd love for you to, to share, um, you know, what, what you're doing, what you're excited about. I know you have your app that is out. So I know there's, there's probably maybe some parents, some college kids, I don't know exactly who it's for. So if you just want to kind of share about that, I would, that'd be awesome. For sure. So my company is called train like a gymnast. We have workshops, retreats, which are kind of on pause right now for the, for COVID, but we have the app, which is, which just came out in November. So it's still fairly new, but it's where I'm putting like all of my energy, um, because my travel schedule is crazy. My fitness modeling schedule is crazy. So I want to give people a way to train with me still, where maybe it's not a zoom, you know, one-on-one zoom call for like $150 a session, but it's like $14.99 a month. And you still get these follow-along workouts or all these programs that have helped people lose like 10, 20 pounds, keep it off, um, get stronger, get their splits. Like it's, it's got so much in it. And I just had an idea in the shower last night. I was like, Ooh, I want to (laughs) balance program, like a little balance training, um, you know, standing on one foot, which can totally cross train into, you know, if you're a basketball player or anything like we, we like walking, you're on one foot for a second. So yeah, that's huge balance training too. So that that'll be coming out and I will just be doing like monthly challenges. Um, and also if you sign up for, we got a couple of like promo things happening right now. If you sign up for the app before December 24th, you'll be entered to win a pair of Vivo barefoot shoes. So I know shoes that help you feel like you're barefoot. They're not cramming your foot in, um, in a shoe. And then, um, if you sign up for the monthly membership, it's $14.99 a month after your first month, which is only a dollar. Oh, awesome. Wow. So a dollar, give it a go. Very um, cool. And then if you decide to do, uh, like the annual, like if you're, if you were just like, I want to save even more money. The promo that's going on right now is kind of mind blowing. I don't know <laughs> how my platform was doing it, but it's only $69.99 for the year, which equals like $5.83 for a month. Dang. If you say you can't afford to get in shape, you're a big fat. Liar. You can't afford not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Really can't. So, so who is who promo- is this for? Oh, sorry, keep going. But yeah, who is it for say, too? That promo code is PB. 2021 for the annual. Um, when, you it, when does it end? It ends at the end of the year. So December 31st. All right. We'll make sure this podcast gets out with enough. Time. Yeah. Otherwise it's 99.99 for the year, which is also good, but um, awesome. Yeah. So this is for anyone who is a former athlete who always, you know, wanted to do gymnastics or used to do gymnastics or wants to be strong and flexible, but also work on their mindset because it's not just a fitness app. I have a mindfulness portion that gives meditations, that gives motivation and pep talks. Then, like I said, I'm going to add the, the balance portion in there. It'll have a T leg kids portion. So if you have kids that maybe you can't afford gymnastics or there's not a gymnastics gym near you, but you want them to know how to use their bodies. It's a great, it's a great way to um, work for them as well as you. If you're like, I'm not going to be able to handstand a cartwheel. I'm only teaching you certain things. All of this is in your home. Okay. So don't feel like (laughs) in your home, it's personal training, but it's focused on, uh, form flexibility, mostly body weight. It's very functional. And it's just how I train my clients. I've always trained my clients like, 
okay, we're going to do like plank walkouts. Okay. We're going to do, you know, standing on one foot, closing your eyes. Okay. We're going to do bear crawls across the floor. So you're stretching your hamstrings, but you're also putting weight on your hands. Like it's, it's very functional in that sense. So you can do it. There's a beginner program as a 28 day challenge. We had people who were very overweight do this. We had people in their sixties do it. We've had college kids do it there. It's basically for everyone, even though our demographic is kind of like 20, right. 40, that's where most okay. people are, but um, yeah, it is, it can this be. Is, yeah. I mean, even for like, let's say that, that someone like me that played soccer their whole life right. never doesn't know how to do a cartwheel or a right. you know forward roll. Like they could, they could do it too and learn some of these moves if they wanted. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it's a fun new, like little party trick or if you see like a big <laughs> patch of grass you're like oh my gosh I can tumble now <laughs> or like there are so many uh, ways that this will help you and just help maintenance like I said maintain um because as you get older if you decide to have kids if you um have an injury and you need to do like you know balance training to get it back all of those things if you have back pain you know like if you remember you remember my space then you should probably <laughs> after your workouts now like <laughs> yeah that. totally um so it's just it's just uh I, I love it obviously and I'm biased but it's it's where I'm going to be putting all of my energy to try and help as many people as possible that's so cool so cool I love it and where can people connect with you and then you know learn more about the app and all that yeah I basically live on Instagram uh, my handle is Danielle Gray Fit G-R-A-Y um, and then you can find Train Like a Gymnast through me. I live in my stories where I have a bunch of links. Um, the link in my bio is how you can, you know, go to the, download the app and go to the website and make sure you get on our email list too, because that's where we give different promotions and different tips. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you have any questions, you can always Beautiful. Yeah. We'll, we'll link it all up, link up your social, all the, all the codes. So we'll make sure we get that in the show notes for everybody. But Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. This conversation was, you know, way better than I could have ever expected. And I'm so excited for people to listen. So thank you for sharing your story and just, you know, helping, helping me and helping other, you know, girls and parents. And I I think it's going to be very, very valuable for everyone who listens. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Honestly, this is one of my favorite conversations. I'll blast it to the world. Yay, let's blast it. All right. Thanks again, Danielle.